0: Wild one in Boston last night as we give you our weekly hockey podcast with Seth Rober who covers the Pittsburgh Penguins for us at Trib Live. Every week we talk Penguins with Seth and plenty to talk about coming off that game against the Bruins on Thursday night. Six to five, an absolutely crazy first period. It was goal after goal after goal for the first six or seven minutes. Seth, uh, I bet it was a busy night writing and rewriting for you when it comes to a game like that.
1: Yeah, um, I always say a perfect game in my estimation is 4-3. just that's easy enough to win uh, or to write a game that way and uh, uh, not have to do too many rewrites. So, you know, 11 goals, uh, particularly when you have, what, I think six goals overall in the first period. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I think I exceeded the, uh, the award count uh, quite a bit there uh, very early on.
0: Another strong performance from Sidney Crosby. He's tracking, believe it or not, at this rate uh, some of his personal best, or at least personal best since 2010, if he stays healthy, of course, and doing it lots of different ways, Seth. It's not just goals. It's not just setting up people for goals with assists. It's things like face-offs where he was good last night for sure and has been all year, and uh, even getting back to Negate icings and blocking shots late in the contest. It was really a do it all game for Crosby in Boston last night.
1: I mean, I, you know, nothing like that should be surprising. That's uh, he's a, he's a total player. Um, uh, you know, it's it's not just about points with him. It's uh, and, and certainly he's you know put up his share of points over the years. I mean, he plays a very complete game. Um, he's obsessed with you know just rounding out any kind of rough edges in his game. If there's any kind of deficiencies that he feels there are. Uh, Uh, in his game, he does what he can to, to, to round them out. So um, to have him play a complete game under any circumstances, I, you know, after what, 19 years here, I don't think that should be surprising to anyone who even, you know, uh, falls him passively. Uh, He's a, he's a wonderfully complete player.
0: How about Drew O'Connor, a little bit more surprising there? Um, Not especially, I mean, he's, uh, I
1: mean, he was something of our project when they brought him in uh, back in, 2020 uh, uh, didn't really get the benefit of a you know I guess a true development when when they brought him in. Don't forget that was you know during the pandemic and um, they they really couldn't do a a training camp. Uh, Wilkes Barre Scranton was sort of the the entire American Hockey League. I guess at that point was in kind of a weird uh, developmental stage or just just kind of uh, purgatory, I guess, uh, in terms of how they could play games. And so, you know, a lot of the guys, a lot of prospects at that time really didn't get the benefit of a true AHL experience. And for Drew O'Connor at that time, that was his first taste of pro hockey. So um, his development as an NHLer was staggered from the beginning, but I I think it's starting to kind kind of come to fruition here. Um, he set a new career high, I think, in points uh, already in 13 games, uh, 13 points in like 36 games, if my math correct. That he had 11 in 46 last year. So um, just based on your point production, he's, he's ahead of the curve there. And um, you're seeing him, you know, get put in, you know, tough defensive situations, a lot on the, pe- the penalty kill, for instance. So, um, again, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, a, a top six player consistently. But, yeah, he, we've seen him play there uh, – when the need arises for you know for injuries and things like that, but um he's rounding out into being a, a very reliable uh, guy. You can probably you know reasonably put in with on your in your third line, if not your fourth line.
0: Had the early goal, and of course also set up Eller on a nice assist. Nice shot from Eller on that one too, Seth. I believe that was was that the fifth goal I think of the game.
1: Uh, I think I lost count at that point, but um you know based on the highlight I saw there, I mean you know Lars Eller with a with a the one-timer from really low at a, you know, a tough angle there. But, um, you know, Lars Eller, uh, he was a first-round pick of the St. Louis Blues way back when in 2007. Uh, since then, he's been a very consistent player, whether it was for Montreal, Washington. Uh, you know, passed around with Colorado a little bit last year, but um, always a consistent, you know, goal scorer in the, in the teen range. I think he's career-high is 18, but, uh, uh, you know, last season he had uh, 10 goals or whatever it was, uh, so um always been a guy that's uh consistently able to you know, generate a, you know a moderate amount of offense uh uh never going to be a, you know a, a, probably a 20 goal score at this stage of his career he's uh he's 34 at this point but um you know a guy with a lot of skill and uh, there's a reason he's uh i think now about nine games away from being a thousand game player. so um again you're never going to rely on Lawrence Eller to carry your offense but uh He 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 knows what he's doing out there when he has the puck, and um, and on occasions he can he can display some really you know uh, dazzling offensive abilities like that.
0: What about the defensive zone coverage and or goaltending that led to the five that went up in the other direction?
1: I mean, you you give up five goals, that's probably not ideal, and when you give up a three goal lead again, not ideal. So uh, probably some some area for improvement there, to put it mildly. Um, Yeah, they're they're kind of working through some some uh deficiencies on defense right now most notably you know, John Ludwig who you know, has been something like a surprise he's going to be out until probably the end of the month with an injury uh, so they're you know they have poJ uh po Joseph moving in the lineup uh replacing you know an underperforming Ryan Graves on the second unit and uh you know Ryan Graves I mean his struggles have been you know uh quite profound uh this season I mean, he was maybe one of the biggest free agent signings in the entire NHL this past season and um, he's gone from the first pair to the second pair down to the third pair. Was, uh, even on the game early in the week against Washington, I mean, he only had like three shifts in the whole th- entire third period. So um, yeah, I think it's clearly time for him to, to you know, maybe uh, you know, get in the video room there with Todd Reardon and maybe try to reestablish his game. I mean, good, good for him to get a goal and everything like that. That has to be a nice boost of confidence. But um, they clearly need more out of Ryan Graves uh, just based on the, the – how much they invested into him. In fact, I, I think as it stands right now with contracts, um, he, he is the longest lasting contract. I think goes till twenty twenty nine if of anyone on the roster. So, um, again, given the, the investment they've made in the Ryan Graves, they need a lot more. And,
0: uh,
1: uh to his credit, he understands, you know, he has to perform at a much higher level. He seems dedicated to, to rounding out his game here, but, um, no, I uh, just, you know, based on the game from last night here against Boston, uh, he gave up five goals in the fashion that he did, uh, uh, you need a lot of improvement, I guess you could say.
0: Seth Rorba with us, yeah, I think that's kind of the case across the board when it comes to many of the off-season acquisitions. We talked about Eller, maybe he's a little bit different, but you know, Riley Smith started off great, and it's been kind of quiet since then. And uh, Eric Carlson has not been the goal scorer that they anticipated, and it hasn't boosted the power play to the degree that we all assume would be the case. And you're still getting some of the defensive questions about his game. I know that. Phil Bork was all over him. I think it was on the second Buff, uh, second Boston goal, fourth overall goal in the game in the first period. Um, Nedeljkovic, despite the troubles last night, has been good for them as the other goalie. But you know, I think after all the heralding that we did of the offseason acquisitions to the Pens, we're still waiting to see the best from a lot of them.
1: Yeah, no, I would tag it not Nieto, the other or, or
0: maybe, Or maybe, Seth, we've seen the best of Riley Smith already. We're not going to see much more. But yeah, I forgot about Nieto too with the knee surgery
1: yeah i mean i maybe give him an incomplete but even before given that he's out long term here with a knee injury but i um, mean before then he wasn't uh all that impactful i mean we kind of thought he might be a replacement for josh archibald i mean i i would take josh archibald back in a heartbeat yeah based on what he offered last year compared to matt Nieto. but uh, uh but no yeah, i should have
0: thrown achari into that mix too
1: yeah i think although i think achari's starting to warm up a little bit here i mean we've seen him you know generate some offense when he's been healthy but again his health's been a you know, a little dicey here as well, through, at least throughout December. But, uh, but yeah, no. For the most part, most of the acquisitions they've made uh, uh, haven't really, uh, you know, panned out quite as much as hope. I mean, Lars Eller and Nedeljkovic, I would say, probably the two best of, of that crew. Uh, but I'm not sure there's much competition there. I mean, I would, I would say John Ludwig. I mean, he was waiver claiming training camp is maybe been yeah.
0: a more impact, yeah.
1: uh, ab- above I guess expected returns uh, in that sense, but. Um, I mean, Eric Carlson, I, you know, I, I, think, you know, he's been okay, uh, above okay, maybe a little bit, but, uh, I, you certainly expected so much more just given his pedigree and, um, uh, just, just how much, how many assets they had to move to, to, to acquire him. So, and, you know, I, you know, maybe his offensive totals are down just because of the power play it has not been consistent whatsoever, but you know, that's, he's a guy you brought in to make that power play uh, spectacular. So. Um, I if you know is that you know the the chicken or the egg there I'm not quite sure but um, uh, I mean Eric Carlson again I think everyone it's fair to say everyone uh, expected a lot more there um, Riley Smith I mean he looked. Perfect, the first, I don't know, 10, 15 games of the year, then uh, that line as a whole, along with Evgeny Malkin, and, uh, you know, it really dipped at some point here. And I, I think part of it coincided when Ricardo Raquel's injury kind of popped up. And I know Raquel struggled early in the season, but, you know, there were a lot of metrics that would suggest he was helping that line out a lot when it was productive. And um, when Raquel left the line up that line really dropped off. And, I, you know, in all the two games here with Brian Rust in that line, I haven't really seen much out of it. So, um, again, Riley Smith, I, I think it's fair to say there's a lot more he can provide than he has in the past you know, month and a half. So, and his history is, yeah, would say that. I mean, he's he's a consistent 20 goal scorer, a, a pretty good four checker, can play some PK if you want. Uh, um, but no, I mean, he's really uh, um, been a non entity for the most part for you know, last month and a half.
0: If the Penguins can get a win against the Sabres, who, granted, also put up six goals themselves against Montreal last night, they're struggling, though, at um, just 36 points, 16, 19, and 4 overall. If the Penguins get two against the Sabres at home Saturday night, that's, what's a 10 out of a possible 12 in their last six games. And they're 7-2-1 right now. They're starting to play better. The Metro is really, really compact. Like, If you look at the division, it's the Rangers on top with 53 points. They got the most of the Eastern Conference. Then it's a seven-point gap between them and the Hurricanes in second place with 46. (laughs) The Hurricanes in second and the Penguins in seventh, technically, at 42, separated by just four points. Do you see separation coming at all in the Metro, or do you see that gaggle of teams all kind of hanging together in that five team clump there.
1: Um I don't anticipate any kind of separation. We kind of saw this last year where there was just this big mess of uh you know kind of teams hovering around 500 battling for all those wild card spots there and um I mean it came down the last day of the season or next to the last day of the season there with you know the Penguins losing to Chicago and uh you know you know the Islanders getting a win against Montreal and just uh um i i wouldn't fully anticipate this sort of being in place going until till april here um i mean who knows i mean injuries can always dictate you know a lot of things here uh you know one big injury for say a team like Philadelphia, i don't know that they have the uh, uh the depth to maybe you know if you know Cam atkinson for instance were to be injured or whoever you know any of their better players would be injured i don't know that they have the players to, uh, the depth to, to kind of overcome something like that but um, you know, I, I again just, just based on how the league is really uh, uh wants this to, to kind of be the case with you know, regards to the salary cap and the point structure and everything I like got in the standings. Um, I would anticipate this big blob of teams kind of just all you know sort of being in the same place. They might switch, you know, in terms of you know standings, you know, one team going the four or six or whatever, but um I, I would anticipate this still being a very competitive race going down the wire here in april uh just you know from whether you're talking second place to to the last wild card so um as far as how the penguins sorted it out i mean they've had this little surge here just to get there so i I'm, I'm curious if they can sustain this
0: yeah me too um, i mean they're
1: gonna have there's gonna be an inevitably uh another downturn here and where does that mean i mean they they've had this little search here and they're still in seventh place based on tiebreakers and everything here in the metropolitan division so um again I'm I'm curious as far as uh, whenever they have a you know a downturn here what's that going to mean in terms of you know where they are they are in the standings because again they've had this little surge here and they're still in seventh place.
0: Yeah exactly and I'm you know I'm looking at the penguins and I feel like there's more to be had there or there's we we should have seen better by now whereas like the hurricanes getting hot that doesn't surprise me. I've been waiting for this. They've won four in a row now. I figured it'd be them and the rangers for the division lead. Uh, You look at the Devils based on their injuries. I guess I'm not surprised where they are based on their injuries. The Flyers losing four in a row. It feels like they're coming back to earth. Luckily for the Penguins, as soon as they're about to go out there on Monday night and the Caps, this is where I thought the Caps would be. I mean, I feel like the Penguins sort of akin to Carolina should be the next team to make a move forward. But I think your point is a good one that they've managed to undercut their own momentum just about every time they've built it. And, that's why I think it's crucial to get at least three of the next four points here against Philly and Buffalo, who look right now to be beatable teams. Yeah, I
1: mean Buffalo. If nothing else, I mean, that's the team below below them in in the wild card standing. So I mean, you want to clean up there, uh, and obviously Philadelphia. I mean, head to head points in the division always vital, um, especially when you're talking about you know a, a, you know, a decades long rivalry there. So, yeah. and, and as you mentioned, you know the Flyers are maybe a bit of a downturn here. So you maybe want to strike when the iron's cold with them so um again like i guess I just just the way this is all structured just the way uh in terms of hey the salary cap you know bringing uh parity throughout the league uh just given you know the, the point structure you know with uh, you know three point games a lot of nights um this just strikes me uh and also just given how you know the penguins own you know inconsistencies this just strikes me as going to be a battle. Uh, from here on until April, I don't think this is going to be easy for for any any of these teams, particularly the Penguins, to to you know feel safe uh, as far as you know, trying to secure a playoff spot.
0: Seth, thanks. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the game on Saturday night. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good, Tim. Take care, man. Seth Orbaum, he covers the Penguins for us at Trib Live. It's our weekly Breakfast with Ben's podcast here on the Fans First Network.